All right, this episode of Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by MyBookie.ag. Sports are back, and MyBookie is now offering a 100% deposit bonus when you use the promo code SGP. That's MyBookie.ag, promo code SGP to play, win, and get paid. We're also brought to you by the leaders in daily fantasy DraftKings, and for a limited time, you can get your share of $100 million in prizes. Once you enter the DraftKings free survivor pool, download the DraftKings app and use promo code SGP to get in all the action. And we're also brought to you by BetQL. Want to get an advantage over the sports book with the NBA, NHL, and MLB all back in action? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to make smart bets this season. Head to BetQL and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first subscription. That's BetQL.co. Promo code SGP20. We're also brought to you by Ace per Head. Ace is the leader in paperhead providers, and they make it super easy to start your own sports book. Plus, Ace is offering up to six weeks free over at aceperhead.com slash SGP. That's aceperhead.com slash SGP. And we're also brought to you by Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-belt grooming. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SGP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the promo code SGP20. And finally, don't forget to sign up for the free roll football contest where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. All right, everybody back to the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is Chris Boston, Capper Clifford, back with Steve, the God of Golf himself. Sherman, what's up, baby? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Uh, I'm, we uh, uh, licking my wounds, man. <laughs> I was just about to say the uh, the golf course uh, beat up all the players last week, and they uh, they definitely beat up our bets too. Oh God, my bankrolls, man! I like I got lucky with uh, with with one ROM lineup. I ended up like uh, saving six. I literally fired my entire bankroll last week and yeah. I only ended up losing 40%. And I was very happy with a 40% loss because <laughs> I thought it was dead to rights uh, up until uh, basically the end of Sunday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all my GPs, GPPs were basically a disaster. Uh, it just, nothing was really working, but I had, I was pretty heavy on ROM and cash. So that definitely saved me a little bit and, you know, kind of lessen the blow. But as far as my real bets go, my outrights were just done after the first day, nothing was really close. And I, I, I knew it was going badly. As soon as I saw, I was wildly off on how the golf course could play. And I apologize to the listeners. I messed that one up. Usually I have a pretty good handle how the golf course is going to play what the scores are going to be. But as soon as I saw the golf balls or like how firm it was, and how the balls are just bounding off into the rough and they couldn't hold greens. I was just like, Oh my God, this is a disaster. Yeah. I knew we were screwed, but and, and, you know, we kind of talked about it. Cause we, I mean, listen, we, we do this thing on Tuesday night, right before the Wednesday, uh, whatever charity round that they're always doing on ESPN plus now. And we kind of touched on it. Like, Hey, listen, the players will say, this is going to maybe play a little harder, but it sounded like coach speak. You know what I mean? Like, all right, these guys are just trying to pat themselves on the back that way. If they go out and tear it up that it looks good. But 
Oh, Jesus Christ, were we wrong? <laughs> that course, that course, that course ate everybody up. And, you know, I really didn't pay attention to the Wednesday uh, practice round. Maybe that's something I should start doing because it, it seemed like you could see the rough was was little, was a, like we said, it was going to eat people up. And if you were at the wrong angle, um, it would be tough to do. And, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just one of those weeks, man. <laughs> it's just one of those weeks. Yeah, but I mean, overall, though, I I loved how the golf course played, and I really wish that we get more of that on the PGA Tour because we just see all these, you know, soft golf courses where nineteen hundred par, twenty hundred par wins, and it was actually refreshing to see these guys struggle and grind. It, it's it was it was a great change pace because we really haven't seen that. We've only saw that once since the restart at the Memorial. Everything else has been basically a birdie fest. So I was glad to see these guys just have a little bit of adversity. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'd much rather watch that type of golf. And I mean, the ending was insane, right? I mean, th- there was no way I thought DJ was hitting that putt, right? I thought it was over. Like, Rom's going to walk away with it. I started putting dishes away. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and that's how I ended up slicing my hand open and uh, watching it the rest on my phone because I got an alert that says he hit the putt. And then watching Rom hit that was a 66 foot for an eagle. I mean, ridiculous, man. So it was really great golf. And, uh, you know, it, it is nice to see the guys go out and struggle and, uh, and not even just the struggle, just them overcoming like shots that no way in hell they should make. And just to grind it out and to just to see the, you know, the professional golfers that they are and show why they're the best in the world. And it's not just a birdie fest where it's driver, uh, wedge, putt, birdie next fall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I think we should probably put a bookmark on what we just saw because Wingfoot is probably going to play pretty similar. I mean, it's, it's basically the same type of golf course. I, I think the greens are, you know, those are pretty tricky greens at Olympia fields. The greens at Wingfoot are extremely tricky and the bunkers around them are not a place you want to be. And hopefully knock on wood, we've, uh, you know, we don't get a lot of rain in the Northeast here. You know, we get firm conditions there. It's going to be a grind again. And you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, you know, just as fun as what we watched this weekend. I'm really looking forward to the U S open. I mean, it's uh, it's crazy. We're going to have football Sunday, U S open Sunday. It's, I mean, it's just going to be a plethora of sports and I'm, uh, I'm ready for it, Ben. I, I really am. And uh, next week we won't be doing a pod because uh, we'll actually both be on vacation uh, at randomly the same fucking spot. Uh, so me and Steve <laughs> are going to uh, actually get together and uh, play around the golf and uh, maybe we'll do some, uh, some live stream stuff or uh, record uh, my horrible swing and uh, me throwing clubs or uh, something like that. And, and Steve can tell me how many strokes I'm losing around the green, uh, in, uh, in live detail. Um, so, and then once, uh, after next week, uh, you know, we'll be back again. Once everything's getting ready to restart, we get the majors around the corner and all that good stuff. But, uh, I guess, uh, let's go ahead and uh, just break down this golf course, man. It's kind of a wonky week. Like we said, only 30 golfers. So, uh, the betting market's got to get kind of cute, pick some, uh, interesting bets and same thing with DK. Uh, and we'll kind of hit on that later, but break down that golf course, man. What can we expect? Sure. So they're going to East Lake golf club. They play the tour championship there every year since 2005. So it's, it's a very old golf club and it was very historic and it has a lot of lore to it. So, uh, first opened, I think in 1905 and then in 1913, Donald Ross actually designed the place. So a lot of the bones you see on the golf course is a Donald Ross golf course. Uh, Bobby Jones also calls it his home course. I think According to legend, he played his first and last rounds there. Who knows if that's really true, but you know, that's what they say. 
Um, in the 1980s, as you had like the suburban flight, the golf clubs started to run into a little bit of financial trouble and it just, the overall reputation kind of just decayed, you know, the surrounding neighborhood kind of went downhill. Um, you know, the status of it in the city of Atlanta just went downhill, but in the early nineties, a local businessman uh, named Tom cousins, he purchased the golf club and he's a real estate mogul. So he pumped in a lot of capital into the surrounding neighborhood, really, you know, basically improve the area and make it, you know, just re basically revitalize it. And then he brought in a guy named Reese Jones, who, if you know, some of his you know background, he did redesigns at Torrey Pines, did Bell, Bell Reef. So he brought him in to redesign this golf course and basically restore it to its, you know, Donald Ross, uh, characteristics. And, you know, when you look at the golf course, it definitely has at least T to green, a lot of this Donald Ross characteristics you would you would expect, you know, narrow fairways, bunkers that are inconveniently placed. Like, you know, it's more about a little bit more accuracy off the tee, setting yourself up to the, to the approach shot. Um, you know, honestly though, I'm not too thrilled. I'm not too thrilled with this place. It's kind of boring. Like the layout of it is just, it's just, it's so blah, like the front nine, you it's, it's basically the property is set on essentially a bowl. So you have the clubhouse at the lowest level, and then the outer edges are, you know, the highest elevation. And the front nine basically alternates between going uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill for the first eight holes. And all the holes really look the same. You know, on the back nine, you kind of wind your way around the outer edge of the property, but just overall, it's just it's so uninspired for a tournament that the PGA Tour just wants to jam down your throat of how important this is. It's their Super Bowl. To have it at East Lake, and I understand it's got a great history. I understand it's got a great story, but like, wouldn't it be better to actually rotate the place to like Pebble Beach or you know, just like, like you know, maybe Beth Page Black or like just like golf courses that like actually are the biggest of the big and actually make it feel like a cerebral atmosphere? And they just, they, they it just it, it really lacks a lot of pizzazz for me, and it just it doesn't pop on television, and you know, it just it, it kind of diminishes a little bit the overall experience for me. Yeah, I wonder why the PGA doesn't do that. I mean, the rotating the Super Bowl is a great idea. You get people vying for it all the time. People get excited about going to different places and, you know, warm weather climates. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good idea, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's probably because, well, first off, Coca-Cola is a major sponsor, so they want to make them happy. Uh, probably well, money talks, the, man, money talks. Yes, money talks. <laughs> and it probably has to do with the fact that these guys, uh, you know, if they want to rotated to different courses. They have to work with membership. They got to, you know, basically get the okay to, in order to do it. But I mean, I, I used to rail on East Lake as my primary gripe about the tour championship, but I have moved on to a new whipping boy and it all revolves around this staggered leaderboard. So if, if you guys are looking at the betting odds and you're wondering like, why is Dustin Johnson two to one? Why is he priced 15,800 this week? It's just some astronomical number. Well, what they used to do was they used to have this, some a convoluted point system where I'm a CPA by day. I can't even figure the damn thing out. So they kept turning it over for years. Basically it was just accumulative points. And then whoever had the most points at the end would win the FedEx cup. You know, sometimes you would have the, the guy who actually won the tour championship win, but he wouldn't win the FedEx cup. That kind of creates some embarrassing situations. So the PJ tour and their grand wisdom decided they wanted to take the standings after the BMW championship and give the guys a head start to start the tournament. So Dustin Johnson is going to start at minus 10 this week. 
you know, I mean, he's going to get basically 10 free strokes. You know, John Romer's right behind him. He's going to get minus eight. Uh, Webb Simpson, I think he's going to start at minus six. Uh, Mauer Kyle is going to start at minus five. And then, then they start grouping the guys down the line until the last place guys started even. And I, I, I try not to curse on this podcast. Like I, I do in my free time. I, I, try I do. To, I do. I do enough for both of us, right? Yes, you do. <laughs> I try to, to maintain a little bit of professionalism here, but this thing is fucking bullshit. Like what, what are we doing here? Like you have your grand finale of the PGA tour, this, you know, like what everybody basically is competing for. They, they, how many times you see a a tournament, them promoting the FedEx cup, jamming the standings down your throat all the time to this grand event where, you know, they vie for 15 million bucks and they basically set up like as a net handicap club championship. What the hell is this shit? I mean, I I get it. I didn't like how it was before even more though. Like I didn't like, like, so you get some guy coming in on a Sunday who might win that golf tournament, but he doesn't win the FedEx. Like uh, that to me was worse. Like this isn't great. I still feel like it's better than it was three years ago. However long it was when they were doing the other system. Well, well, last year they got lucky because it ended up Rory won the gross championship and the net championship. So it didn't really matter, but we're going to get into a situation this year and it's going to happen eventually where a guy has the best 72 hole score and doesn't win the championship. But you have the, the other caveat here is they're actually going to maintain. So there's the Fed, there's the actual FedEx cup standings leaderboard that they're, or the tour championship leaderboard they're going to have this week. The official world golf rankings looked at this bullshit format and said, uh-uh, this ain't going to fly. We're not going to reward world golf ranking points for this sham of an event. So what what they're going to be doing is they're going to have a shadow leaderboard with the actual like 72 hole score. And then they're going to give that to the official world golf rankings. And then they're going to award points based on how the results of the actual tournament went. So you get a situation where let's say John Rahm and Dustin Johnson end up going head to head again. And John Rahm shoots 13 under uh, over the course of four rounds. If Dustin Johnson finishes one shot behind him, the PGA tour is going to say, well, Dustin Johnson, he's your tour champion. But if you go to the world golf rankings, John Rahm is actually going to get not only world golf ranking points for finishing first, he's going to get credit for a win. How yeah, but, stupid is that? But who gets the money? Well, Dustin Johnson does. So who gives a shit about your world golf rankings with a $15 million payday? <laughs> Listen, you know what I mean? <laughs> do you think this nerd would care? Of course I care. No, no, I know. I know. And like, it, it, and that's just not the only thing I have a big problem with it. It's not a playoff. And the, the PGA no. tour has this whole identity crisis of what do you want to value more? Do you want to value what happened in the playoffs leading up to it? Or do you want to value the regular season case in point? Dustin Johnson has been the best player for a month. He finished, he blew away the field at the first event, finished second last week. He was a 66 foot putt away from winning both the playoff events. And what is his reward? A two, two stroke strokes. advantage. That, and, and, and I get what you're saying on that, right? Cause it does seem like, it does seem so chintzy. Like this guy's dominated everything and his, his reward is two strokes, but really anything more than that in this system would seem even more stupid. You know what I mean? Like, all right. So the guy dominates. So he starts with eight strokes ahead and all the guy's going to do is basically go two under every day to maintain it. Like where's the fucking drama in that too? Like the, the, you're right. The system is, I, I am not a fan of the system either. I'm just playing devil's advocate. Uh, it, it, like I, I, I mean, what, what's the solution? 
You know what I mean? Like, you know how slow golf is to change the shit. You know, they seem like they are trying different ideas, but it seems like listening to the wrong people. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what the solution is. And I've been saying this for the past three years, ever since I've been starting writing a sports gambling podcast.com. And every time I've been talking about this tournament, I have the solution. Just go to match play. And I know why the PGA tour wants to avoid it because they don't want, you know, kind of a letdown finals. But as we saw with the PGA championship, there are so many young, talented guys that are just ready to take up the torch. Once tiger finally, you know, decides he wants to hang it up and not play anymore that I, I think it would be almost impossible not to have a good finals. Now, if you really want to rig the system and create kind of like this WWE store style, like format where you basically are choosing the winners in advance, why don't you play 36 <laughs> holes of stroke play, you know, give these guys their bullshit strokes just to make sure that, you know, your top guys end up making to the bracket. But how cool would it be if this tournament started on Wednesday and Thursday, and then you have like five guys at the end of Thursday competing for one spot and they got to do this like sudden death for trusting in the bracket. How cool would that drama be? Dude, that's and must that, that's must see TV and think about the, from the gambling aspect of it, think about it, what type of like uh, action these casinos and sports books would get on something like that. I mean, oh, it would absolutely. be through the fucking roof. Yeah. And then like, you'd have the live betting opportunities too. You'd have like late on a Thursday, like at like seven o'clock, these guys, you know, just like going, you know, toe to toe, a sudden death for one spot for a shit ton of money, by the way. I mean, it's 15 million bucks for the winner. I think the guy in 30th gets like half a million. It, oh. it, it's something obscene. <laughs> nice. And that, and then, and then what you do afterwards, just play straight match play 16 down to one and then crown your champion. Then everybody goes home happy. I go home happy because the person who actually won the match play ended up winning the FedEx cup. The PGA tour still gets to promote the FedEx cup as what they're competing for because the guy who won actually won it. And you just, you get away from this nonsense. And instead we run the risk of two really embarrassing things for the PGA tour. One, like I mentioned before that somebody beats Dustin Johnson, but he doesn't actually win the the tournament. Or if Dustin Johnson shoots 65 on Friday, it's fucking it's over. A it's a wrap. It's a wrap. No it's one wrap. is catching him because, and, and we'll talk about later just how the golf course is. There's not enough birdies on the golf course to actually have anybody catch up. Like 10 strokes on East Lake is a massive advantage because the winning score usually is between nine under and 13 under. Anyways, he's basically 80% of the way there. Yeah. So it's just, I, it, I, they, they, they keep fucking this thing up when really they can just accomplish the same exact thing that they want to by, you know, promoting, we want the FedEx cup to matter because we want to make facts happy, make a format that actually makes sense. And that can be actually more compelling than this nonsense. Yeah, no, listen, I agree with you. And uh, I'm just happy that I'm not uh, going to be the only one uh, who gets yelled at for using the F word too much on this podcast this week from Kramer. Uh, so, um, all right. Well, so that, you, that'll, be, that'll be the last time you hear the F word from me. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. My virgin is you're fine. Um, all right. So before we kind of break down, maybe what model we're looking at, let's talk about where we can bet this thing at, man. It's mybookie.ag. Winning season returns at mybookie.ag. Winning seasons means more means doubling more your first deposit winning means survivor super contest and squares at mybookie.ag. winning season means hitting all your parlays and props with your feet up and watching your favorite team trounce their rivals rejoice it's time to celebrate the NFL season it's back baby invest in your intuition use promo code SGP and double your first deposit new players get up to a thousand dollars in free plays designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you already bet from live betting to championship futures 
every play you want make is waiting at mybookie.ag. It's really simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Use promo code SGP. Double your first deposit, and your winning season begins today only at mybookie. All right. So we already kind of touched on obviously 30 golfers, the weird point systems. Um, so when you're looking at building a model for the type of players, I mean, one, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird only to have 30 players in your entire model. Right. Uh, it's it's going to lead to some pretty similar stats. I would imagine, right. There's really not much separating them. So what do you focus on most on a course like this? Well, I mean, it's a Donald Ross golf course. So anytime you see a Donald Ross golf course, it's a second shot golf course. You know, I mean, where they get the greens are going to be really tricky and they're pretty undulated and they're actually pretty quick too. So they can put some pretty tricky pin positions in place and you really got to make sure you're on the right side of the fairway. Now it's a par 70 golf course. It's over. It's a little over 7,300 yards long. It's Bermuda greens and rough. So, um, you know, if you're one of the grass specialists, you want to target Bermuda guys this week, the rough off the fairway is pretty gnarly. And you know, sometimes you think at East, like at least before I really started digging into the golf course, I always thought this was a bomber's paradise. And it really actually isn't like, if you look back at the guys who actually win here, they're mostly accurate guys. And you know, yes, you'll get your occasional Rory McIlroy or Justin Thomas, like guys who can hit it pretty far, but those guys have such an advantage over a lot of other guys is that they have a great combination of length and accuracy off the tee. So there's actually a pretty um, cool stat about greens and regulation this week. So if you're hitting from the fairway, it's pretty easy to hit the green and regulation. You got about an 80% success rate, but if you're hitting from the fairway rough, you only have a 50% success rate. So you definitely want to target. I mean, obviously everywhere you go, distance is going to be advantage everywhere. But if you see a guy who's really having trouble, like keeping it in the fairway, even if they're really long, they can't really bomb and gouge this place. So uh, as far as other correlated golf courses, you want to look at, um, it's pretty similar to Murfield village, uh, Innisbrook, which they didn't play the Valspar this year. But when I look at East, like from above, it, it looks very much like the Copperhead course at Innisbrook. Really? Yeah. And then TBC river highlands, like that's a birdie fest, but like, it's very important to be in the fairway because the rough is pretty penalizing. Um, you know, there's only two par fives on the golf course. Uh, there's three par threes over 200 yards long. Uh, there's only six par fours over 450 yards, but just with how the golf course plays uphill a lot, sometimes there'll be a two or three club difference, you know, between what they would normally hit. So overall, just when you're building the model, definitely focus on like total driving, you know, try to focus on guys uh, that if they have length, make sure they can have at least some sort of accuracy. Definitely don't count on a shorter hitter because we've seen guys like Jordan Spieth or Brant Snedeker or Bill Haas or Jim Furyk won this event in 2010 that they end up winning and they're one of the shorter hits, but they always hit them in the short grass. Um, and then just as far as, you know, focus on guys are pretty good at Bermuda greens. As far as proximity stats, you know, definitely iron play is really good this week. You know, maybe anything over 150 yards would be good. So, but overall though, you know, I, and we kind of touched upon it. I mean, there's only 30 guys and a lot of this is like, there's a lot of momentum that kind of carries from one tournament to the other. So if you just kind of focus on the guys who are playing the best tournaments, a tournament, you'll probably do pretty well. I mean, we see a lot of guys who end up basically repeating what they did the previous week. So don't really overthink it. And if you see a guy who just looks good, you know, with the stats and look good last week, chances are they're probably going to play pretty good this week too. 
I like it. Makes sense to me, man. Um, all right. So um, as we get into DraftKings, so like we said, right, they take into account the starting position. So you said he starts with a 10, you know, a 10 stroke lead on the last guy. Well, he starts with a, what is it? A 30 point lead uh, on the, on the first guy in DraftKings. So uh, as you're taking this into consideration, because it's only 30 golfers, you know, kind of like we talked about, I mean, I would, unless you're an MME guy and, and you got the bankroll to fire, I mean, even then I probably wouldn't do it because you're going to end up with duplicate lineups. Really focus on contest uh, selection this week. Look at the single entries, the three max entries where you can afford to make a mistake or two um, and you're not going to be completely out of the money. You can still cash a little bit um, even if you don't have the winner. But, uh, I mean, there's going to be so many chalky plays because, I mean, ownership's got to go somewhere, right? And everybody's going to like the same people. And if you you start with, you know, DJ, uh, I mean, there's only so many places you can go. Right. And like, even if you look at the most unpopular plays this week, they're going to be around like 10 to 15%. Like, it's, right. Exactly. Like, There's no like, leveraging the field this week. No, there isn't. There's going to be a ton of duplicate lineups. And it's important to keep in mind too, is, is how this staggered leaderboard really does pick and choose who ends up winning. So if you look at the last 10 tour championships, uh, and if you apply the staggered scoring to who would have ended up winning every, every one of them would have been inside the top 10 to begin the week. So the only lone exception was Jim Furyk, who was T 11, but even though he actually won it because they actually played a real tournament, that was 72 was a stroke play. Uh, he would have been tied with Luke Donald at the end of regulation. They would have been to a playoff and he was tied for six. He was started minus four. So the winner is most likely going to come from at least guys starting at least T six and definitely more in the top five. So right off the bat, when you look at the, your top expensive guys, you can't avoid them. Like you might look at this and try to be cute and say, all right, I'm going to go to the $9,000 range, load up a couple of $8,000 guys and have like, you think you have a deep lineup, but you're basically drawing dead at that point because it is such it's, it's not possible at this golf course because there's just not enough birdies out there. Like if you look past back at the past couple of years, like, I haven't, I didn't find a single 63. I've only found a couple 64s last year. The low score is 64 happened twice in four rounds. The year before that, the low score is 65. That happened seven times. Uh, it just, if it, with this staggered start with these guys who are all really good players, by the way, you're just, you don't have a whole lot of opportunity to make up the deficit. So you really got to make sure that your lineups include one of those top five guys. Otherwise, you're basically just throwing away money. Yeah, it's lighting your money on fire at that point. And, and that's, and that's, I mean, look, like I'm excited to watch the golf this weekend. I'm not extremely excited to play DraftKings. I'm a degenerate, so I'm still going to play, right? But I'm not, I'm not like super excited about it just because I, it's, it's, it's just so weird. And I feel like I even, I might have skipped this last year. Like, nah, I'm not even going to play it. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, but this year I'm like, there's nothing else to gamble on right now. So here we go. Well, uh, I, <laughs> I had an excuse last year because I had my baby about a couple of weeks before this. So I was yeah, completely right. unplugged. But uh no, this is this is the first time I've actually dived into DraftKings with this format. So yeah. it's, it's been, very it's, been strange. Pretty, it's it is strange. And I I it, I've had to and we'll talk about just some of kind of the creative ways you gotta jam your lineup with like good players. Like that I, I, I had to put some guys I just I didn't like, but I just with the where the pricing is, yeah, what are you I had to. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, before we, uh, before we talk about our DraftKings tiers, uh, listen, football season is less than 10 days away uh, with the reigning champs setting to take the field 
to kick off the season. There is no better place to get in on all the action than DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports to celebrate uh, celebrate week one of football season. DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action with two shots to win one million dollar top prize. So get in on all the action now. Make it rain with DraftKings is easy. Draft your team, stay under the cal- salary cap, and pile up the points for yards, touchdowns, and so much more. On top of that amazing offer, DraftKings is giving away a share of up to one hundred million dollars in prizes to all users who enter their free survivor football pool. All you have to do is sign up for DraftKings to enter the survivor pool. You'll instantly get one, uh, get a share of up to $100 million in giveaways with all this cash up for grabs. There's no better place to get in all the action than with DraftKings. Download the top rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code SGP to get a free shot at a million dollar top prize. And for a limited time, get your share of $100 million in prizes. Once you enter DraftKings free survivor pool, that's promo code SGP to get in on all the action. And for a limited time, only on DraftKings. minimum $5 deposit required other terms and conditions apply eligibility restrictions reply see draftkings.com for details all right so all right i guess uh i mean let's just go ahead and i mean you just want to start with the with the top 5 guys first right maybe the top 6 guys let's go top 6 guys first and uh we'll just kind of take it from there all right well i mean i'm going to save dustin johnson john Rom to the end just because <laughs> I have nothing to add from my end with that. I mean, like, you know me, I regurgitate the statistics to you guys over and over. Yeah. Listen, both guys are playing great. Insane. And yeah. And, and with where they are, where they start this tournament, one of those two guys will be fighting for the win. So, I mean, both of them have really safe floors. Like even if Dustin Johnson shoots one over the first day, he's probably going to be tied for third at worst you know, and still in it. So, so I, I'm going to say, cause I have a take to the end, but I'm going to let you, you know, run with it right now. What, it, sure. Between so, Justin Johnson, and John, Ron, what, who do you like? So I'm a DJ guy. Uh, like I love DJ. I love watching him play. Uh, I like how, <laughs> I don't know, like he's the opposite of me, I guess. He's so anti like getting all upset and like screaming and like, he's just so flat. Like I love watching a guy like that play. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe he reminds me of Brady, right? Like he doesn't get too amped up until like the big moments. Right. Um, it's just for me, for DraftKings, this is a week where you're going to have to be comfortable taking a stand and I mean, you're either going to win it all or lose it all. I, I can't build a lineup with DJ or Ron. Like it's not even like the ownership. I, I don't think DJ is actually going to be, too highly owned, right? I don't think he's going to be too, too chalky just because of his price. And you said, like you said, some people who don't understand how this works are going to go through and try to build that eight to $9,000 balance lineup, which is going to get you fucking nowhere. Um, so I would rather save the money and just skip over those two and, you know, uh, be damned basically. I mean, that's it. Either, either if they win it, then I'm completely screwed up. But if they don't, then I should be in a good spot. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to look at that $15,000 price range on DJ and just be like, uh, no. And I know, and I've already tried to build lineups with him and it just, it gets ugly. Like I, I was able to squeeze like Rory in there, but then I'm going to, then I'm dipping four players under $7,000 after that, which I mean, has a lot of upside because you know, a lot of guys under 7,000, I actually like the problem is a lot of this scoring is tied to where they finish on the leaderboard and they're already at a huge deficit to begin with. So like you really need things to go perfectly for guys who are cheap. Like, and I think that's, if you're in GBP, like that's really where you're winning money is if those cheap guys, but it's just, man, it's so hard for them to, you know, get going. Like Rom, I definitely had a little easier time going just because there were guys 
low eight thousands and then seven thousands that I like that I could, you know, pack in there, but you're right. I mean, it's just like it, you're, 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 it's penalizing to put those guys in the lineup this week. So it is. Um, and, and I would say that like, yes, I mean, everybody's going to get point placements, right? Because it's only 30. So in theory, right? Maybe that point placement doesn't matter so much. If you can get somebody who can score, go out and do that. But like you said, this isn't a golf course conducive to that, right? So how many opportunities are they going to have? How many are they going to capitalize on? And if you get a guy 10 spots ahead who does the same exact thing, I mean, there's no upside, you know what I mean? There's no upside to a lot of those guys down there because they're going to do the same thing. The guys are doing ahead of them and they're not going to get those placement points. And you know, everybody who's cheap, anybody who goes like, you know, there's going to be like, even in single entry tournaments, you might get some dupes, right? Because you're going to, you're going to have a certain build that looks good. You have to, you, you have to leave money on the table this week. You have to like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you gotta leave and not your typical hundred, 200 bucks. Like, listen, take 500 bucks out and see what you can make 600 bucks out and see what you can make. And I mean, maybe that's a way to differentiate the GPP. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the only way. Cause I, th I think just looking at where the pricing is, I think guys are going to get freaked out about really going low to leave money on the table. I think they're just naturally going to, you know, probably go up a little bit just to try and get a, more, a better player because you're, you're going to feel uncomfortable playing these lineups. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like the John Deere or like where you can build a lineup. That's, you know, you feel pretty good with like, it's just, it's, it's going to look weird. Yeah, yeah it's, it definitely looks weird. So, I mean, as far as, uh, like I said, like, like, so for the record, I'm passing on, uh, on Ram and DJ and I'm just gonna, I, I like two other guys in this area a lot more and I'd rather uh, build out with them. And maybe I'm a pussy and I can't figure it out, but uh, that's the way I'm going this week, man. And, uh, and that's it. So, uh, I mean, who, so you want to skip on them? I mean, like you said, you, you kill them to death. Who do you, who your who your two favorite in here, man? Well, I mean, I, I think my two favorite in this range are one of them is really chalky and you know, but it's just, it, it's for a good reason. And it's Webb Simpson, $11,000, just because he's the fourth most expensive on here. Uh, so it's definitely easier to build a better lamp. And he has, he checks all the boxes for me this week. Um, I think taking last week off is going to help him because a lot of these guys have been playing a ton of golf lately. He got a nice chance to just, you know, cool off, relax, and then come in nice and fresh here. And you know, you know, yes, he doesn't have the distance off the tee, but he's got a really good, you know, history at East Lake. If you had this staggered leaderboard, he actually would have won the FedEx Cup back in 2011. Um, he's got other, you know, top fives here. He's accurate, hits his irons great. And a couple podcasts ago, I was talking about the difference between him putting on Bermuda and Bentgrass. Well, guess what? He's back on Bermuda. And ever since the restart, his best performance is putting and been on Bermuda. So he's only six back. That's not insurmountable at all to him. He could go out and tie DJ after the first day. And then, you know, who knows after that? So, um, you know, he's playing great over his last 16 rounds. He's getting just under two strokes per round. He's doing it with a pretty good mix of ball striking and on and around the green. So overall, I mean, it's, I know he's gonna be popular, but there's not a lot of red flags with this guy. Yeah, no, listen, that that's the guy I'm on. That's, that's one of the two I'm on in this. And it, is it, is it Wyndham, uh, Ross course? Wyndham is a Ross course. It's a better Ross course, but yeah. it, it is, it is a Ross course. And who loves, who loves Wyndham more than Webb Simpson? No one, no one loves that course more. And like you said, I, I mean, he's accurate. He's only six back. So do you think he showed up last week, saw the course, figured out how it was going to play and was like, 
no thanks. I can only drop two spots anyway if I don't play. I'm not going to wear myself out and kill myself mentally. I'm going to go chill, and then I'm going to come up fresh, and I'm going to take this cup. He might have. I mean, like, listen, he's he's got the U.S. Open coming up in two weeks, and that's going to play. I mean, it plays similar to Olympia Field, so he's going to be behind the eight ball there. But I mean, it's a jam packed cup. These guys have played a ton of golf since June. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of weeks off for anybody just because you had, you know, the, the, you know, everybody was missing their paychecks for about three months there. They wanted to get their money. Then he had the PGA, he had a WGC in there. Then he had the FedEx Cup playoffs. Like it's been a whirlwind schedule. And I, I think he just decided, you know what, I am going to take a week off. I'm going to play this golf course and then take another week off and then go play the U S open. I think that's really what's important to him is kind of, he, this is if it either, if he either wins this week or wins the U S open, this is going to be his best year ever. You know, and it might already be his best year ever. I mean, like a lot of people are going to say, well, he won the U S open in 2012, but like, like his play has been so good this year that if, win player, just, if he, if he wins this weekend, he's definitely getting player of the year. Yeah. He, he'd be a three. Uh, he won three times. So yeah, he definitely yeah. would be player. He'd be winner. So, uh, so I really like him. And then the other guy I like here, and I, I think you're going to like him too. Well, I don't know if who's the other guy you're gonna like, but, uh, I, I got a funny feeling about Colin Morikawa this week, uh, just because he, he really, ever since the PJ championship, he has really underachieved with his ball striking, but you know, I mean, we saw something similar what happened after the more or after the workday where he had two bad tournaments and then he ended up winning the PGA in a couple of weeks, maybe just needed to cool off and, you know, kind of recoup. When Morikawa is at his best, this golf course is perfect for him. You know, he has a great combination of length and accuracy off the tee, and he probably is the best iron player in the field after DJ. So he's also in striking distance of winning uh, the FedEx Cup um, and chase down DJ. I think over the last 10 years, uh, two guys who started at five under would have ended up winning with Sagar Libor. So it's possible he's in striking distance. And I, I mean, maybe, I mean, he's definitely disappointed people two weeks in a row. Maybe the ownership has cooled off a little bit. I don't know, but who cares at this point? Uh, I, I, I really like him this weekend. He's got to hit the ball better, but if he brings his a game, he can definitely play with anybody here. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that's it. I mean, we're on the same two guys up here. It's the same exact thing. I mean, he, he could definitely chase, chase down the DJ. Like you said, when he's on. I mean, he can definitely catch DJ and only takes one stumble. He's only a couple strokes back. Uh, I'm out on Bryson. Something looks wrong with him. I backed him a couple weeks ago and just, I don't know. There's just something, there's something off with him and JT, uh, man, I was never on him and I finally got on him last week and he's still squirrely off the goddamn tee. And it's, it's like, he it seems like there's something just a little bit off with his game and it's not like he's even I don't know what it is. Like, uh, it's just, it's, he's, it, he doesn't look like him when he was dominating. Well, I'll tell you what it is. It's the driving accuracy. It's just that that's, what's really killing him right now. And it killed him last week. He only hit 36% of his fairways, uh, the whole tournament. And, you know, I mean, just overall, the ball string numbers has been very good. He's only gained about three tenths of a stroke per round T to green over his last two weeks, which is way below his 50 round average, about 1.7. So you know, the optimist in me thinks he can maybe regress to the mean at a place that he's been really good. Uh, he has one of the best course histories here of anybody in the field. I also noticed last week too, he was struggling a lot with the putter and I was watching him putt. It seems like he's close. You know, I mean, the pace of his putt was pretty good. It seemed like he was burning some edges. So, you know, I mean, I think that might start coming around, but at the end of the day, like if you're missing fairways here, it doesn't matter how good of an iron player you are. You're not going to, you know, do well. I mean, the bright side is he starts at minus seven. 
he's I, I he's not I don't think he's gonna be very popular this week in, um, in DraftKings. I think all the ownership is gonna go to webbing. Uh, it's gonna definitely go to Webb. I think more, you know, I think Rom's gonna get a lot this week. Um, so, you know, if, if you think that maybe he can regress the mean a little bit with, uh, you know, with the ball striking, that could be a way to go. But I, I, I wanted to pull the trigger on him, you know, as far as bets and DraftKings. But I just once I saw how bad he was driving accuracy, just not just last week, but the last couple of weeks, I, I, I don't think it's in the cars for him. No, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, uh, I'm with you on that. All right. So those are the guys we like above, uh, above 10 K. Like I said, I mean, I, I don't know how spread out ownership is going to be. I feel like all these guys are going to have a shit ton of ownership. This is probably not where you're going to, you know, differentiate yourself from the crowd. Um, so uh, let's go to nine uh, K and above. There's only three dudes, man. And one of them said he's going to leave if his first baby's being born, which I don't fucking blame him, but you know, uh, if he doesn't withdraw before the start, do you roll the dice and hope he doesn't thinking everybody else is going to stay off him? Maybe that's a stand you can make and I hope to God, uh, the wife doesn't give birth anywhere between Friday and Monday. It's the first kid. So, uh, you never know when they're really going to come. Yeah. I mean, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that's certainly true. We both know that. Yes. Uh, I, I, even, even if he manages to stay in Atlanta all four days, I just, I, I was really discouraged when I saw last week and I, I, I was really high on Rory and it started off great. Like it actually looked, I, it, I was patting myself on the back the first two days because the ball striking was back. He was old Rory. He was killing a tee to green and he just wasn't making some putts, but like it's screen regression. And then he just was a stale fart the on Saturday Sunday. and Sunday. Oh my God. Well, just, Sunday, especially. Yeah, Sunday especially. I mean, just the ball striking numbers were really bad. They were mediocre on Saturday. The putter went away again. And it's just it was the same old garbage that you've seen from Rory ever since the restart. And even though he has the he is the best player at East Lake, I think in the last ten years or so here. Um, you know, he's got the baby on the mind, even if the baby doesn't come. He openly admitted that, yeah, it's on the forefront of his mind. You know, and, and maybe that's why he hasn't been playing so bad. So I, I don't want to, I, I just, I, I'm just going to avoid him. And he's, he's also starts at three under and he's, he almost has no shot of actually winning this tournament. So yeah, he can ride if he can, you know, keep the, off the field or off the course stuff <laughs> off, you know, out of his mind. But I just, right. th- there's nothing in his play that says I need to play Rory other than hoping he recaptures form that he just currently isn't showing. Yeah. I mean, he's got the baby on the mind. So, I mean, to me, that's just a pure, Hey, everybody might be off him because they're spooked and you know, maybe that's a spot to take a stand. I, I agree with everything else you said about it. And then, uh, you know, me, Hideki finally fucking shows up, right? Neither one of us talk about him and he finally shows up asshole. Um, and I am just, uh, listen, I, I have now Daniel Berger is now my nemesis. I don't know. I, I have no idea why, but every, he just, he just keeps doing what he's doing and I can't understand it. And it makes me insane. <laughs> and, and that's it. I'm, I'm completely dug in. I'm a hundred percent against Berger all the time. So don't listen to me on him. I am just being completely Irish and pigheaded and not putting him in anything. So tell the people why they maybe should play Berger. Well, I, I think if you look at all the guys at minus four this weekend, and, and that it's a very, very remote chance. Any of them can actually catch one of the top guys. Like they basically, they have to have, like 80 things happen 
in order for them to actually win. But a lot of people are looking at the guys at minus four and they're saying, well, Bryson has the highest upside. We've seen him do it. Well, Bryson is basically just a bad version of Bubba Watson right now. So he's, he's out for me. The guy at minus four who I think can actually do it is Daniel Berger because he checks all the boxes as far as what you want to look for, for a guy who can play well at East Lake. It's accurate off the tee has good distance. He rolls the rock pretty well. He's a really good iron player. And he's been matching exactly what he's, he's not some sort of fluke. Who's just gotten hot the last four tournaments. He's matching exactly his total strokes gain. His last 50 rounds of what he's doing in the short term. So if there's a guy with a huge ceiling that can shown that he can actually play with the big boys, I mean, I could see him getting hot again with the putter kind of like what he did at colonial and, you know, shooting that magical 13 underscore and then hope that maybe DJ and John Rom kind of just, you know, they don't do as well. And he steals, uh, he ends up stealing the victory and then he ends up being, you know, your hero for a DraftKings lineup. So I, I really like him this week. Like I, I mean, I like him every week, but I like him again this week. Listen, stop trying to trying to clear my bias with your facts, okay? I, I don't care about your facts on Daniel Berger. Um, all right, so I mean, like I said, it's only three. So I guess uh, before we uh, dip below uh, the nine thousand range, you know, you should support uh, the golf gambling podcast because it's brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Listen, you think a Sunday sweat is bad? Try hanging over the toilet with a razor blade on your balls. That's a real sweat. <laughs> um, that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawn Mower 3, their third generation trimmer that makes cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by manscape. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. This battery lasts up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the led light, which illuminates grooming areas for closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 7,000 RPM motor with a quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. <laughs> Show your mower off loud and proud because this is intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening Listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience firsthand. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SGP20 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. All right. So, all right. Hey, listen, nice job. Man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's not, not too bad. It's pretty fu funny reading. I mean, look, man. You know, the wife likes it. So whatever, whatever the wife wants at this point in my life, brother, they, um, uh, um, happy wife, happy life. Um, Indeed. And, uh, and, and nobody wants, uh, nobody wants that down there. So, all right. So I guess uh, eight to 9,000, still another short stack. It's so weird how they did it. They, I mean, they clearly just, uh, so eight to 9,000, there's only four guys. Uh, I like two guys in this area. Uh, my favorites. Uh, top five, Tony. I just feel like I feel like he's gonna make he's gonna make birdies for me, and I, I don't think he has a really shot of winning it. But um, I don't know. Uh, he just always seems to hang around, and I kind of like Harris English, but not really much. And Reed, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of blah on Reed and Xander. I just feel like Xander's overpriced every week. 
like I don't know. And, and the way my builds have gone, what I've already messed around with this week, I just can't get them in. Even if I wanted them in, I can't get them in. And so in reality, it's only Finau in this area that I can play with the way I'm going up top. Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I look at these guys and. I, I think every one of them can absolutely be a landmine to your lineup. Like I, I can, I, I can say something negative about every guy. I mean, I, I guess if, if I had to pick two, it's probably Tony Fee. I mean, Tony Fee is probably my top choice just because he has a really good history at, at East Lake. You know, I mean, he gets, a, I worry about the driving accuracy, but you know, if he can have that dialed in, it was a good enough iron player where, you know, he can, you know, access certain tricky pin locations here. And he's got the course history here too. So I, I mean, I, I guess I like him, but he is coming off a, a really good putting week and, and that dude th- can't putt. No. And, and, it, and he <laughs> is terrifying. Re- he's really bad on Bermuda too. So, and, 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 and honestly, I like, he kind of wasted a really good putting week last week with a really bad ball striking week. Like that, that was the tournament. He probably should have won like it. Like, I, I don't know what happened T to green with him, but it just, it didn't work out for him. So, I mean, I guess I like him just by like process of elimination with Xander. Like, I mean, I was, out, I was on the outs of them last week. I, I might be, I don't know. Like it, it, it's like, I want him to be so much better. I want him to be something that maybe he just isn't. And like, he always looks great on paper, but you know, I wish he was a better iron player. You know, I mean, this is a golf course where he's not gonna have to make a whole lot of birdies. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, park and to be a score. But again, like I said, I think he's overpriced and I just, there's a lot of negatives with him that I just, I don't find myself really building a lot of lines with him either. And then Harris, Harris English, I think the bubble might've burst on him. The ball striking was really bad last week. I, I think TPC Boston was his Waterloo. I think that was, that was the pinnacle of what he's going to do. And I think after this, he's going to, I think he's going to go back to being kind of a middling player. And then Patrick Reed just is a bad fit for this golf course. He's never played well here. Inaccurate off the tee ball striking issues. He's not even putting all that great either. So yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't really find myself really in love with this tier. I I'd rather go down to the $7,000 range and then spend up, you know, up top there a little bit and just, yeah, just kind of avoid so, these guys. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you on that. Like I said, the only one I'm even getting out of there is typically Tony. And that is, you know, look, like I said, it's Tuesday night. Uh, we got till Friday. Um, I, I'll try to post some more stuff on Twitter as far as anything that pops up. And I know Steve's always dropping knowledge in the Slack chat for everybody. Um, yeah. And so I guess uh, seven to 8,000, uh, I mean, it's, it's Scheffler, Todd, him and Hatton. Uh, I already know who the fuck you love. So go ahead and talk about Scotty Scheffler. Go ahead. You know what? I'm not going to talk about Scotty Scheffler. I mean, well, I, I love him, but no, listen, I love him. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say the same things I said about him every week. So I don't, I, I'm right. going to save my breath. If, if you want to know how I feel about Scotty Shuffler, just listen to me, make a fool of myself last week at the BMW, just saying that he's got a huge upside, but cause I'm going to say the same thing again this week. I mean, the ball striking numbers are great. He rallied nicely last weekend. He's more accurate off to anything. Like I got nothing to add. Like I, I I'm going to focus on two guys that I typically wouldn't like. And I, I think that I think that's a little more insightful for the listener here. So let's start with Brendan Todd. Right. I mean, th- this is a guy who I should not like. He's an awful ball striker who only gets by with, you know, scrambling and putting. But the one thing he's got going for him, he is super accurate. The dude does not miss fairways. And when I look at a stat that if you're hitting for the fairway, you have an 80% chance of hitting the green regulation. 
Like it doesn't really matter if he's not hitting all that close because he's good in a putter where he's going to make the putt anyways. And I see him as kind of like a type of guy that could maybe do what a Jim Furyk did. Like, I mean, he's got no shot of winning because of the staggered start, but I mean, he could come out of nowhere and post like a 10 under aggregate score and actually be, you know, pretty good for a lineup. So he's actually a guy I've been using a lot this week just because yeah. I see the upside. And then, and then let's talk about Terrell Hatton for a little bit because he was super hot for a while, you know, and then he kind of hit his down points, but it, it hasn't been as bad as what the results have been. And if you look at the ball striking numbers, he's actually gained over a stroke per round T to green's last three tournaments. It just hasn't produced anything because he's not putting very well, but you look at some of his performances this year, he's putted best on Bermuda. I mean, he won the Arnold Palmer. He putted pretty well at the RBC heritage. I mean, it's just the ball striking is there for him. You know, he's a pretty good iron player. If he can just get that right. And no, I don't think anybody's going to be on him this week and he's 7,000 bucks. So, you know, it, it lets you go spend up a little bit on guys who actually have the upside of actually winning this tournament with the staggered start. So I'm finding myself putting line, you know, lines uh, with him too. Yeah. So I have had right now in, uh, in two of the three, I just really worried about his putting. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just man. like, but like you said, I mean, look, that's that. I didn't know. Right. Where you said like, if you get in the fairway, you're hitting that you're hitting a green regulation 80% of the time. That's uh, that's, that's pretty nice. If the guys, if the guy's always in the fairway, it's a pretty good stat. So right. and right. we're, and that, we're, and we're that, doing that, our normal weekly fading in. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what we saw at the Wyndham was it was a complete fluke. This guy is just, I mean, I, if you want to take a, if you want to be optimistic about it, he does do better on Bermuda golf courses, but yeah, we said the Wyndham was a, was a Ross course, right? So it was a Ross course. It was Bermuda. Uh, are you really, are you going to be talking me into going? <laughs> Damn it. I but. mean, look, I mean, look, he hasn't been good other than the Ross course on Bermuda. Grass. He's only 7,300. Listen, if you want to contrarian play this week, that's probably the guy to do it. He, nothing is going right for him. Well, other than Mark Leishman, but if you want to contrarian <laughs> play, it's, it's, it's probably Sung Jay this week, but I, 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 I'm a slave to stats. Like I always say, I have nothing positive to say about the state of Sung Jay. And I mean, maybe, maybe nice he can go, man. you can say he's yeah. a nice man. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he probably leaves really good tips at all the hotels. He stays at, you know, exactly. every week. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he's a Marriott rewards member. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but uh, no, I, 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 back home I'm, I'm a, I am totally off him this week. I, I, I never. All right, I wanted to give it a shot. I wanted to see if I could get you to bite on him a little bit. <laughs> um, all right. So I mean, look. Usually this is dumpster diving, right? But in reality, there's incredible players down here at this. Uh, but like we said, they have zero shot of winning. So it's really about just trying to find the upside of guys who can score. Um, and speaking of upside, you know, if you want to get an advantage over the sports book with NBA, NHL and MLB all back in action, you need to download the only app you need to make smart bets this season. Their best bets algorithm scans thousands of data points to give you the best bet recommendation for every game and gives you reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Also show you the top best bets that have been most profitable to make sure that you are cashing in. BetQL has sharp data for the NBA, MLB and NHL. If you want the inside edge for who the pros are backing, you need to check out BetQL. And if you live in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Colorado or West Virginia, you can claim exclusive offers from sports books and use BetQL's data to make 
the right bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store and download BetQL. And you can also head to betql.co and enter code SGP20 for 20% off your first, pers- not prescription, subscription. Uh, um, that's betql.co. All right, man. So obviously, these guys got no shot, but who's got a shot to put some points in, uh, in, in for DK man, like who's going to make some birdies who, who might move up the leaderboard at least a little bit. Uh, Cause the point differential between, you know, 30th and 20th is minimal. It's all about scoring with these guys. Steve, buddy, you do this every time. <laughs> I'm on mute again. I'm mean, again, man. This is just all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What I was saying was, you know, like you said, it's it, you're looking for guys who basically are just course fits here. So four guys under seven thousand dollars who I really like. I mean, some of them are playing well, some of them aren't playing well. Uh, but just overall, who I think of them as a player, you know, it could work. So, you know, I'll start with Kevin Kisner. You know, he's going to be popular, and I was a little worried last week. I, and I discussed it on the podcast that the bubble might burst, and it kind of did a little bit for him. He was red hot with the irons coming in. He was red hot with the putter. Both really took a step back last week, but he, I, I, yeah, I make a decision: is he just cooling off, or was that just a one-week fluke? So, given his price, you know, and his upside, I'm still going to use him. Uh, you know, his, but you know, his metrics over his last four tournaments still look great just because of the previous three tournaments before last week. Um, you know, he's accurate, good iron player can roll the rock pretty well. He's someone I think he can rise, rise up the leader pretty quick. Victor Hovland. Now, ideally the, you know, who he is when he's at his best would eat up this golf course. All the guy does when he's plays his best, he hits it straight, hits it long, hits the green. And if he can get the putter rolling, then, you know, he can be good. The problem is he's been terrible. Like, and it's not even that the ball striking has been pretty good, but he's just been really bad around the greens. No, he's actually being carried on and around the greens. He's actually gained more strokes per round on and around the greens with his ball striking. And ever since the work day where he had that close call, it seems like it broke him, but he, I mean, we talked about a couple of guys last week that uh, had good success as amateurs uh, at the golf course. And he's never played as professional, but uh, he did win something called the Eastlake Cup. It's this four co- uh, college tournament uh, that's held every November there. He won the stroke play event. So he at least knows the golf course and has won there. So, I mean, 6,600 bucks. Ownership is not going to be a whole lot. If he can find something, just find something with his ball striking, I think he could do pretty well. Um, I think, I think so, I, so I'm going to stop you for a second. I think Hovland is going to be chalk. Really? Like, How? Even just, bad. just based on builds and everybody loves him. a young gun. You know what I mean? Like, and people see those, those crackhead scorecards, you know what I mean? Like bogey, uh, birdie, birdie, double bogey, birdie, birdie. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like cause of his price point, I feel like builds are going to take people there. Yeah. But I think someone's going to look at like, all right, six, it's $200 difference between Kisner and Hovland. If, if you're, if people are leaving money on the table, you got room to get Kisner yes. and then you got, and then you got Joaquin Neiman, 300 bucks below him, who actually is a guy I like this week. I think what we saw last week from him was legit. Um, I mean, it all really comes down to how he is on and around the greens. But, you know, I mean, the ball striking has not been a problem in his slump. It was his putting and his scrambling. And if, you know, the stat holds true that you're going to hit the fairway 80% of the time, if, you know, if you're in the, you know, or the green 80% of the time, dude is hitting from the fairway a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, man. 
Yeah, he looked uh, good, man. It was fun. It was fun. We had a, a homeboy Manuf had a sweat with him for a little bit on Sunday with a, with the outright up until last couple of holes we were watching. And I was like, oops, never mind. There he you, goes. You but, know when he when he got the lucky break on the par five where the ball I was like, oh, he tree. might take it. Well, I I thought this is the week. It, yeah, this exactly. is his tournament, and then yeah. just he missed that five footer for birdie, and like yeah. I'm like, well, that's who Joaquin Neiman is. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that was a good sweat. And then the last guy is probably the chalkiest play of all oh, of the yeah. other cheap guys. But you know, I mean, it's because of the course history. He won the Fedex Cup in 2014. He finished runner up to Tiger in 2018. And honestly, his results have been really good. It's Billy Horschel, and he's 5,700 bucks. Even though he's starting, I think at even par, this is still way too low considering all the other guys around him. I mean, he has a lot of upside and such good course history. He probably should be valued right around where Hovland is, uh, just because yeah, he, he had. I mean, and, and if you look at the field overall, like it's not that strong of a field. Like it's really top heavy, but like we're missing like Patrick Cantlay. We're missing Tiger. We're missing Adam Scott. Oh, yeah. Like, like there really isn't a lot of guys he needs to pass up his way up the leaderboard. So I could definitely could I mean, with his form, I mean, he's played great and he played great. The Wyndham a couple of weeks ago, he, he puts a lot better on Bermuda. He didn't put well last week. So, you know, me putting regression, <laughs> I mean, even though he's probably going to have like maybe 35% ownership, I mean, I'm, I'm using him in a ton of lineups. I just, I see the upside and I'm going to take the points, you know, where I can get him with them. Yeah, yeah. Listen, you you don't you don't fade ownership if it's the right play, right? Um, I mean, look, I, I understand the Billy Ho play. Uh, I'm out on Hovland. I was in on Kisner last week. I'm out on him. Uh, I'm. <laughs> I mean, in reality, I mean, the only one. I, I'm going back to Palmer. At least he finally showed up on Sunday, man. He looked good on Sunday. Um, you know, he's same thing. He's like 5,400. Give you that upside to be able to build up and. Uh, I don't know, man. Uh, I feel like Kevin. Nah, uh, I don't know. I, I felt like I was on him last week, but I don't think I could be on him this week. I just don't like. He didn't look right. He didn't look like the type of player I thought he was going to be. And I don't know. Atlanto Griffin at fifty six hundred. I mean, the dude has always paid off his price at you know six thousand, seven thousands. Why not five thousand? So I'm going to go. I'm going to go Palmer and uh, <laughs> Atlanto here. Uh, sub uh, sub six. All right. Yeah. I, I, I like the Palmer play. I have it in a couple of lineups too. Uh, the Lanto play. I mean, he, he hits it a long ways, but he's not very accurate. So yeah, I, I know I, I watched that this week. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it, it, if he can't really bomb and gouge his golf course, it's, it might not go well for him, but I mean, if he gets hot with the driver, then, you know, I mean, he has been hitting his irons pretty well lately. So, you know, we'll yeah, see. Well, he's he's been just 600 bucks. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, whatever, man. That's why it's called gambling. Um, well, listen, uh, before we get to the betting section, man, let's don't forget to sign up for the uh, free free roll football contest where we're giving away up to $5,000 for the best NFL handicappers this season. Sign up for free today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash contest. All right. So, I mean, people kind of know who we're picking and because I mean, there's only 30 guys, so I don't feel like there's a need to kind of go through the GBP and I don't think anybody in their right mind should play cash this week just because it's going to be all duplicate lineups. Um, I just, I don't think there's, there's any reason for it. I would advise against it. Um, uh, so I guess, uh, so, so who we, who's the big short this week, bro, who we got All right, well, we're gonna, so far. Let's go. Well, we're going to do the big short because we haven't talked about two guys. Well, we haven't, I haven't talked about my opinion of them. So you got the two guys at the top, Dustin Johnson, John Rahman. Ultimately, all roads basically lead through them. Yeah, you know, I mean, if, if there was some such thing as a home field advantage, 
you know, in this event, these guys have it. I mean, both of them are playing awesome. They both start, you know, at minus eight, minus 10 respectively. So one of the two guys is going to be in the mix on Sunday. And the question is which one my big short, and this is like trying to say that the sun won't rise the following morning. Dustin Johnson is not going to win the FedEx cup despite how hot he's been. I, I think this is the week it, it it's going to come crashing down. And I mean, even for his standards, his pace is unsustainable and it's going to come to an end eventually. Like over his last four tournaments, he's gained two and a half strokes per round TD green. That's astronomical. That's double like what the annual PJ tour leader would have T to green every single year. And then he's gaining just under a show per round putting. And when you're you know doing that, you're going to get incredibly hot and you're going to win a lot of golf court or you're going to win a lot of tournaments. My problem with him is first of all, history is not on his side. If you use the staggered leaderboard over the last 10 years, only one guy who started first would have went up winning. And that was Webb Simpson. And he didn't even, that poor guy didn't even get to win the FedEx cup that year. Uh, I think Bill Haas won that. I mean, I barely remember it. Yeah. Bill Haas. What happened to that guy? I don't know. I was just about to ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I I think he was last seen in South Korea win the president's cup for us. But then other than that, but um, so he has all the history. And now it's kind of a BS stat. I mean, every tournament is different. Like what's to say that he can't just do it. The thing that is concerning though, is not just the unsustainable pace. He doesn't have a very good history at East Lake. I mean, it's fine, but he's only gained about a stroke per round over the field in 20 career rounds at East Lake. It's only like 11th or 12th in the field. Like there's guys who are definitely better. So I just, I, and I just think with him, like, you know, we've seen him in big spots. Like this is a big spot for him. And there's a lot of money on the line and, I just, I, I just think he's not going to win. Like I think he's going to come out a little flat on Friday and Saturday and kind of maybe gonna, it's going to get away from him. Yeah. I, I mean like, per, like it's going to seem like he's in the mix because you know, he started minus 10, but ultimately I just, I, I think it's going to finally come to an end this week. So he's my big short. I mean, that's uh, you're, you're, you're fading the best golfer. I've ever tracked in a short amount of time <laughs> since doing this. So that's, uh, that's the guy I'm short this week. Well, uh, well, good on you, sir. That I mean, it takes a giant set of balls. Uh, uh, I don't, I, so what's funny is, is like, I kind of want, I want DJ to win a little bit, right? Cause I kind of want him to get that shake that he's never won the FedEx cup and they can't close on Sunday shit that a lot of people talk about, right? Cause I'm a DJ. I'm a DJ fan, but I also have that funny feeling that he's not going to be able to close the door. I don't know why I don't have any stats behind me. It's just the degenerate in me. who was like, I look at you and I feel like, nah, I don't know. But I mean, he gave a half fist pump on Sunday when he drained that, you know, 44 footer to get the playoff. That was a lot of emotion for him. Maybe he's feeling it. Maybe this is a different DJ. Uh, I mean, look, here's the deal. I'm not betting him at his odds, right? Just because it doesn't matter, right? I'll bet him live at some point when he's flat and I'll get better odds. I'm definitely not betting him pre-tournament. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I have a sneaky suspicion you're right, though. Well, I mean, I think that's just the scar tissue of seeing him blow it. I mean, he just blew it at the PGA. He should have won the PGA. And yeah. It, it, that's That's just you, you know having a recent trauma with him, but I mean, so, so between the two, 
the guy, I mean, the odds are terrible, but if you're asking me to pick who's going to win the FedEx cup, it's John Rahm at plus 270. Now my approach to it is probably going to be, I'm just going to bet him because the books will offer um, who's going to actually win the FedEx cup and who's going to have the low 72 hole score. So make sure you know what you're betting on. Otherwise I was about to say, let's, let's explain that to them, right? Because there, there is a big difference and you gotta be very careful on what you're clicking on between strokes and no strokes um, bets. Yeah. So most books will actually spell it out correctly. Like this is no handicap. Who's going to have the lowest 72 hole score. And then those odds look about what they would look like any other tournament. Like, you know, John Rahm and DJ are still, I think they're like, I've seen five to one, six to one on them. Right. I've seen them up to like nine to one on each two. So, you know, I mean, who knows with, you know, what odds you can get on them, but seven of the last 10 guys, even if you use the staggered leaderboard would have won the FedEx cup anyways, because they were the low guy in the totem pole at, you know, they, they got the lowest score anyway. So the odds are pretty good that whoever wins the FedEx cup is going to actually have the low score anyways. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take a look at it, you know, even if you like DJ, I probably would take a stab. I mean, unless you're a whale and want to bet a ton of units <laughs> on two to one for right. them to win a fast cup. <laughs> right. I mean, say lobby, go for it. But if you're someone who maybe is a little sensitive, wants a little better price, I would just bet the 72 whole price on them and just hope that, you know, just basically history is true and they end up winning. But the reason why I like John Ron better and Dustin Johnson is it just, he has the best combination of length and accuracy off the tee of anyone in the field right now. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, he hits it a long ways, but it, did you know that he's like 45th in driving accuracy? The Sharon PG tour. It's nuts. Really? Like, I didn't know that. I love his, I love swing, bro. I do. I love that little compact swing of his. I do. I don't know why I like it, but well, I like it's, it a lot. It's what all amateurs should do because a lot of amateurs try and actually create that long swing, but really you really want to shorten the backswing so you can be more consistent. And somehow he's able to generate so much power behind it. It's, it's you're gonna, great. You're going to see that next week, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go. I'll call you John Rahm out there. That's yeah. right. I got yep. the gut too. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, so, I mean, so obviously if, if we're, if accuracy and hitting from the fairway is so important, I mean, he's the best player and he's going to be hitting from short distances. But one of the reasons why I really like him though is, and maybe some people are going to laugh at me with this take, but he actually knows what it takes to come out on top on these small field cash grabs. So he's won the DP world championship over in the European tour twice. And that's basically the exact same thing as this thing. It's like a 40 man field. It's just a cash grab out in Dubai that, you know, they go party out there and then, you know, they go play, you know, a, a golf tournament. You know, he won the order of merit last year. So he knows exactly what he needs to do. This is not going to be a new situation. And he starts at minus eight. Like I, I just, I, I think the momentum from last week is going to carry forward. And if you, if you put a gun to my head right now, who's going to be holding the fast cup at the end, it's John Rom. So, you know, if, if you don't, so one of the options is to bet him at 72 holes, you know, to win it. If you don't even want to do that, just, I like John Rom getting even, um, over DJ head to head. And then if you want to take some long, a couple of stabs, some long shots that we'll probably talk about to actually win the FedEx cup, you know, that's a pretty good alternative for you too. Yeah. I don't feel like there's any need to really good. Like what long shots, like you said, I mean, there's really realistically what, 10 guys who can win it realistically. Like, well, the, I mean, I mean, all right. The, all right. 
Okay. I mean, there's only there's only three guys that I I, I feel are long shots. So Webb Simpson's eleven to one, and he's only four he's only four back. Right. And I mean, he checks all the boxes. Yeah. So I, I just I, I could definitely see him just coming back and winning well, this I like, thing. I definitely like like Webb, Morikawa, and Rom. You know, are the only mm-hmm. ones that I would put money on this week. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Morikawa is gonna be another guy I'm gonna put money on twenty to one, and then Daniel Berger twenty to one just because of the extreme outside. He's my man crush. And just, I understand that he has to basically throw a perfect game in order to get there. But if anyone is going to come back from minus four and end up winning this thing, it's going to be Daniel Berger. And the odds are still appealing at close to 30 to one for him to do it. So, but, but those are the only three guys. If you're going to bet, you know, to win the FedEx cup, yeah, you really should be doing it. If you're betting on Rory or Xander or Tony Fina, you are just lighting your money on fire. It's well, not yeah. going to happen. No, go put, go, go throw your money on a showdown or a matchup. Uh, yeah. You know, something like that. No, these guys are not going to win it outright because like you said, it's, it's, it is rigged, you know, unless so many things have to happen. We've already been over them. People have to fall apart up top. Guys have to scream up the bottom. Like whatever we, we know who the, the contenders are. That's it. Now the, the, the my one, my one last take I'll leave here is, if you do want to bet, you know, a long shot, and I mean, this is just total gut handicapping. And Come on, I love gut handicapping, baby. Just, Give it to karma. Me. But how fitting would it be if Tony Finau ended up having the low seventy-two hole score and didn't win the FedEx Cup? Like, how great would that be? That he, we've all been waiting, we've wins. all been waiting for him to win, <laughs> and then he ends up being the entire field. And guess what? The PGA Tour says, "No, sir, you didn't win." <laughs> Well, so, golf, you know? yeah, and I, I think the odds on him are, I are the low I, seventy. I, what's low seventy two? I, 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 I don't, I don't have those in front of me. I just have the fattest couple ones, but I, it's probably close to like thirty to one, maybe. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I think if you're going to take a stab on that, I mean, I, I think that's a pretty good guy. Uh, I mean, some other guys down the car. I mean, Kevin Kisner has been pretty hot. He, he has a good putter. That might be another guy who ends up getting like the low score. But I mean, like I said, though, usually the guy who ends up winning the fattest cup ends up having a low score anyway. So even if you want to just like take all the guys I said and get a better price to actually have the low score, then maybe that's the route you go to. Yeah. Just like anything else, right? Shop around, take a look. Uh, I mean, obviously my bookie.ag has uh has the best lines available. So you should definitely take a look at them. Uh, but you know, look around, see what you can get. See, see, maybe uh, somebody's got some softer pricing since my bookie.ag is so sharp. Uh, maybe you can catch something somewhere else. Um, all right, so I guess uh, before you give us your matchups, man, our last people I got to mention, not least, it's Ace Per Head. Have you ever thought about starting your own sports book but don't know how? Ace Per Head is here to help you start your own sports book. They'll provide you with an all inclusive professional betting site with all the lines updated to the second and wagers graded immediately. They have top notch customer service support going 24 7 to some of the sharpest lines in the industry. Plus, Ace Per Head offers live betting and amazing book mobile experience get started today and ace is offering up to six weeks free just go to aceperhead.com slash sgp that's aceperhead.com slash sgp all right man give us some uh give us some matchups that you like um and uh yeah i mean that's it man just give us some matchups that we like and uh, we'll just kind of we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up on that all right well the first one that my bookie offers right at the top of their page is mckenzie huge minus 130 over poor Dopey Mark Leishman. Yeah. Womp womp. Yeah, we haven't even mentioned Leishman. Plus, th- All right. I plus mean, I, I, 30. 
I, I'm not going to drop an F-bomb because I've dropped enough F-bombs, but what the F is he even doing in this field? And that's another problem with this whole playoff. Oh, God, I'm going to get going again. This the reason why Another reason why this isn't a playoff yeah. is because yeah, Mark, Mark Leishman was plus 30. And not only was he plus 30 last week, he's been awful since the restart. He's been one of the worst golfers I track, and there wasn't a doubt that he wouldn't make it to Eastlake because he wanted Torrey Pines and he finished runner-up to the Arnold Palmer. Like what, what is the point? If you're like the playoffs don't matter then. Like if, if, if you're still, if you get a guy like that, that still makes it to East, like your grand finale and he's just played like garbage. What is the point? All right, we're gonna have to start a hashtag like PJ Tour Match Play 2021. Listen, gambling Twitter can get behind that, man. Maybe we can get some things. I actually know. Uh, I guess I can't say that on this podcast. Uh, I know somebody very high up in HR and PGA because our daughters did dance together. Um, <laughs> maybe I can, uh, maybe I can uh, bend his ear a little bit, see what kind of weight he can pull. Uh, we'll there go back. So, uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So, speaking of match, instead of match play, give me the matchups you like, man. We'll wrap it up and hopefully uh, make some people. Well, anyway, so so even if you take out the thirty over abomination from Mark Leishman last week, if you look at if you take uh, Mackenzie Hughes's and Mark Leishman's last four tournaments before last week, Mackenzie Hughes still would be eight shots per tournament better than Mark Leishman. Like per tournament, he's eight shots better, and he's at that. That's I mean that's that's not great. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. So. So Hughes starts at even par. Leishman starts at minus one. I don't really care. Hughes, I think, can beat him on Friday anyway, just because of how bad Mark Leishman is. And you're getting minus 130 on it. So, I mean, it's always nervous to take a really bad ball striker and Mackenzie Hughes, who. It doesn't matter. He makes with a putter. 60 foot putts fucking right. times around. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And as bad as Mackenzie Hughes is ball striking, Mark Leishman is worse. And, and I feel bad for that because I really like Mark Leishman, but like. Right now, this kind of reminds me a little bit of what uh, remember Stephen Bowditch from a few like five years ago. Yeah, so like he got really hot for a while. He won the Byron Nelson, I think, twice, and then he just fell to the face of earth. Like I really hope Leishman just isn't that because he's a really good player. I hope this is just a rough patch. Maybe his his swing coach is stuck in Australia and he can't work with him right now. But it just right now, it's it ain't happening for him. So. Hughes over 2020, like the rest of us. Yeah, he is. So Hughes over uh, Leishman at minus 130 is definitely one that's on my board. Um, and then my last one is a guy we talked about who I like a lot. It's Kevin Kisner. You can get him at minus 110 over Sebastian Munoz. Now Kisner starts two back in Munoz to start, but even with the two shot advantage, Kisner is a superior player in every metric against Sebastian Munoz. And I know Sebastian played pretty well last week, but that was. The first time he had a top 20 in how many weeks? Yeah. And and even so he he was kind of bad over the weekend too. So, you know, even over their last four tournaments, Kisner is six shots better per tournament than better than Munoz. So he should overcome the deficit really quickly and just not look back. So yeah, I I mean, there's a lot kids. Kids loves his money, man. That dude is a money dude. Like it was like this stories of him out, like hustling at country clubs for fucking money. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, like, so that dude's out there doing that when he's bored on a Saturday, if he has the chance to move up the leaderboard to go from a half a mil to two mil, that dude's going to grind and go get his money. Definitely. So, I mean, there's, there's a ton of matchups this week. A lot of them have a lot of juice just because of, you know, where people start, but like those two, you're not paying a crazy amount of money. And I mean, I think those are very, very reasonable to cash, you know, maybe by the end of Saturday, I know it's a no cut event, but like, I mean, Leishman was completely, I had, 
who was a, uh, I think Bubba over Leishman yeah. last week. Yeah. <laughs> it was over by, <laughs> by Thursday. Yeah, it was, it was over before they teed off um, the, uh, all right, man. Well, listen, uh, so I uh, yeah, so thanks guys again for listening to this. Like I said, next week, we're going to take a break. Uh, me and Steve are actually going to go golf and then uh, we're going to come back uh, for the U S open man. So uh, we'll start to put some stuff out um, on Twitter. Uh, obviously Steve's going to be writing this stuff, uh, getting, getting some primers going, man. Cause this is a big event, man. It's the U S open. Like the U S open is right around the corner. Tough course. It's going to be awesome. So follow me. Uh, on Twitter at Boston underscore Capper.com. Um, come to the Slack channel, SGPN. Uh, Steve is dropping knowledge all the time, giving us a great showdown plays um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, breaking down what he sees uh, on the weekend, trying to help us out to gain a little advantage um, over uh, the competition for the showdown slates. Um, and follow the rest of the good stuff on uh, the SGPN network. Don't forget the free bowl football contest. And other than that, uh, I know it's a weird week, but we can still get some green screens, baby. Let's go. Finally spring, and I'm saying goodbye snow, hello adventure. And during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event, you can get epic deals on your favorite Honda model. Ready to get rugged? Then take the off-road in an all-wheel drive Honda SUV, like the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, or redesigned Ridgeline. Want to take a spring road trip? Then check out a fuel-efficient turbocharged Civic or Accord. Say goodbye to winter and hello to a new Honda. Don't miss huge savings during the Honda Dream Garage Spring Event. Now at your local Honda dealer.